Our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of John, and we are in now the season of Eastertide. Uh, the last few weeks, or since Easter, we have been preaching about what it means to be an apostle, that we are called um, to be sent out, to go out into the world and to share the good news of the gospel. And so we continue in John, John's gospel today, and in preparing for this, there are three uh, roles that I can see Jesus playing, and I want you just to pay attention as you're listening. Um, a role of teacher, the role of pastor, and the role of being like a parent. See if that resonates for you this day. So let us uh, first pray, and then we will read our scripture. Oh, holy God, we give you thanks that you have gathered us here for this time of worship. And we pray, oh God, for open hearts, acknowledging that we do have troubled hearts. And we want to breathe in your Holy Spirit presence to know that you invite us to relax and rest in you and that you are with us always. Be with us now as we listen for your word read and proclaimed. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. From the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, listen for God's word. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week, my mentor and my friend, Dr. Matty Hart, died. She was 91 years old. Dr. Hart was my religion professor at Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. And I have been invited to be one of the speakers at her memorial service at the end of this month, which is a real honor. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people, professors, teachers, students who have stories to tell of the way that this teacher, Dr. Hart, changed our lives. She has always been a teacher. She taught in Africa, in Appalachia, in inner city Atlanta, before coming to be the religion professor at Flagler College. I believe that her core attribute was that she believed in her students 
and she did everything in her power to let us know that we were significant human beings. Dr. Hart believed in me, and I had a lot of insecurities when I started college. I doubted my abilities and was quite frankly scared of what was being asked of me. Dr. Hart saw this in me and not only encouraged me, but seemed to believe in me. This mattered so much to me, her belief in me. It led me to begin to believe in myself and ultimately led me to do what I am now doing in ministry. I don't know what my life would have been like without spending time with her. Now, Dr. Hart would be mad at me for comparing her to Jesus because she was extremely humble. But when I consider Jesus as a teacher, I think of Dr. Hart. Jesus cared for his students, his disciples. And when they seemed to doubt themselves, he reminded them that they knew what to do. They had it in them. Jesus doesn't give up on them, even though it might have made sense if he did. In our text from the gospel today, Jesus is having a final meal with them. This is one of the last lessons that their teacher will have to teach them. And they are scared, and their hearts are troubled. They are living with this news that Jesus will soon die, no longer be with them, and that one of them will betray him. Yes, their hearts were troubled. And Jesus acknowledges this. Now, he could have come into that meal and said, well, you guys have really messed things up, and I'm not sure if you are going to be able to do what I need you to do. I think that would have been a practical response, probably mine. But he doesn't say that. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Trust me. He assures them that they have what they need to go forward and that he will always be with them. Jesus loves his students and both needs and believes that they are capable of carrying on his ministry of love, his way, even if they doubt their own abilities. Having a teacher believe in you, even or especially when you doubt yourself, is worth everything. And on this day, when we acknowledge our primary partners, we are aware of some excellent teachers from Armstrong Leadership Program, Henry L. Marsh Elementary, Martin Luther King Jr. Middle, and Risk. It is good to recognize how very important teachers are, the teachers in these schools. One of the ways that we are in relationship with these schools is by supporting and caring for their teachers and administrators so that they can then provide and be for these students who desperately need them. The jobs that these teachers have are crucial, critical, and potentially life-changing. And they need our love and our support and our prayers 
And this is really one of the greatest ministries of our congregation, especially as we celebrate this 20-plus years with Henry Elmarsh School. The lives that we have been able to touch, the difference that we have made, this is an example of Jesus' way and what we are called to do. Along with this message of encouragement from their teachers, Jesus brings to the disciples a message of comfort. The text that we read is often read at funerals. This week and next, I am officiating four funerals. And in my 25 years of ordained ministry, I have officiated hundreds of funerals. Sitting with a family and friends at the time of a loved one's death is something that I do regularly and it is such a sacred space, every experience being different. The scripture from the Gospel of John is often read at funerals or memorials or graveside services. It brings comfort. The message, do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus promises that he goes before and prepares a place that there are many rooms, or in the King James Version, there are mansions. And Jesus saying, so that where I am, there you may be also. It's comforting. On occasion, when meeting with families, we have a conversation around the verse 7a, which reads, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, there could be an entire sermon on this one verse, But I just want to touch on this with regard to how this text is a text of comfort. And when this verse is taken out of context, it can come across as exclusive. I distinctly remember the first time years ago when the daughter of the deceased said to me, we do not want to read verse 7, the one about the only way to God. We have family and friends coming from all traditions, and one in particular who has been hurt by the church. We want to hear about the loving Jesus that we know, and we don't want anyone to feel left out. And through the years, other families have shared a similar sentiment. When I meet with families to plan a service, I find it's important for me to share my theological understanding of this text In this passage, Jesus is talking with his beloved friends, friends who are uncertain of what is going to happen next. Grief, mingling with uncertainty. And this is not a threat, it's a comfort. The point was not to exclude, but to say, relax, it's me. The way is me, and you know me. This is not complicated or meant to be scary. And isn't it the truth that our little brains can forfeit all of the goodness in this text, all of the comfort and all of the love, acceptance and welcome, and promise and encouragement when we get one possible notion of exclusion. If there's one thing that I know about Jesus's way, It is that it is not exclusive. Jesus is radically inclusive. 
the writer of the Gospel of John recorded this intimate meal, and Jesus was seeking to comfort his friends. When this verse is taken out of context, it is dangerous because Jesus is saying, you know me, therefore you know my Father, believe in me and do like me, knowing that I am with you. And finally, this text reminds me of my role as a parent trying to comfort a child who is scared. I am likely to throw everything possible at them to help them feel better. I will not leave you. You got this. I believe in you. When we doubt ourselves, we need a good parent who can see something in us. And sometimes we have to parent ourselves. When we are scared and we need comfort, we need reassurance. The writer Anne Lamott once took a vacation to Lake Tahoe for her, with her two-year-old son, Sam. Now, this area near Reno is a hotbed of gambling, which means that all the rooms in the hotels or condos have curtains so heavy and thick that the rooms can be dark as night, even in the middle of the day. One afternoon, she put Sam down for a nap in his crib. She closed the curtains, and she went into the other room to work, pulling the door shut behind her. A few minutes later, she heard Sam calling to her. Sam had climbed out of his crib and gotten to the door. But when he had grasped the doorknob, he had depressed the button lock. Try as she might, Anne could not get him to unlock the door. When it became clear that his mother couldn't open the door, Sam cried and screamed while his mother, in a panic, called the rental agency for the condo and left a message and called the building manager and tried so hard to get some help. Finally, not knowing what else to do, she lay down next to the door. She reached her fingers in the small space underneath it, and she told Sam, to reach down and find her fingers in the dark. He did. And as the reality of his mother's love and presence sunk in, Sam gradually calmed down. Mother and son stayed like that for a long time, lying on the floor side by side, a locked door between them, taking comfort with the touch of their fingers. Jesus says to us, trust me, relax, I am with you, you got this, I love you, now go and love others, don't overthink it, just love. There is so much in our world that is frightening right now, right, so very much. Maybe you read this week the Surgeon General's report about the epidemic of isolation and loneliness. Friends, we can acknowledge that our hearts are troubled and then listen in prayer to hear what Jesus says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Believe that I love you and that I believe that you can be my way in this world. And most importantly, remember, 
that I am with you always. One of the most influential theologians of the 20th century is Karl Barth. Barth was a critical thinker and a prolific writer who explored the interrelation of faith and theology and culture. And in 1962, he's known to have toured the United States making presentations in different seminaries and schools. And one night after lecturing, an attendee asked him a question. He asked, what in your judgment is the essence of the Christian faith? So here's this critical thinker who could bring a treatise to explain what is it that is the essence of the Christian faith. But after pausing for a brief moment, Karl Barth replied, the essence of the Christian faith comes from a song that I learned at my mother's knee. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We are going to sing that song together today, now, and I invite you as we sing to listen to the words of this song, to listen to the promise of Jesus, because Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves you, and Jesus wants all of us to follow Jesus' way. It's that simple and that profound. May it be so. Amen.